Profane Faith fam, this week we are having a special episode dealing with the whole R. Kelly issue. Yeah. As you know, R. Kelly is much bigger than just R. Kelly. And the issue of sexual abuse, misogyny, sexism, rape, incest, and even sex crimes are an issue that does not get much airtime at all. We here at Profane Faith want to engage and continue these here conversations. We feel it is necessary for both healing and awareness. That being said, I wanted to give you a heads up that the material to be discussed deals with explicit areas surrounding sexual abuse. Please be advised and use caution as needed. This shit needs to end, but we have a long way to go. Traumatic experiences and victimization can create thoughts, feelings, and experiences that are different person to person. The impact and intensity can be based on upbringing, point of view, past experiences, ability to cope, the meaning behind the event, the severity of the experience or experiences, and more. So with that, let's move on faithfully and forward, y'all. Okay? Peace, fam. Let's get into this. He said, in there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations. I think she's a liar, and I think she deserves mockery. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. Black lives are very important, white lives are very important, and to me, all lives are very important. Very, very important. Damn! This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, and or out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane to find God. I'm your host, your boy, Daniel White Hodge. What's up, Profane Faith fam? How you doing? This is your boy, Dan White Hodge here, the host of Profane Faith. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is a this is the final part of a three part series on R. Kelly and sexual abuse. I would encourage you to go back and listen to parts one and two. Uh, some amazing voices there. Um, April Rain. And um, last week we had on Esperanza Jean and she and April had some amazing, amazing things to say as it, in regards to R. Kelly sexual abuse, believing black women, and just how these things come together, particularly within intersectionality. Um, And of course, we tie this back to uh, theology and religion and how these things affect us and, and how what we should be paying attention to. I wanted to take the time and really spend three episodes i mean you could go i could have gone more but i spent ended up spending three episodes just because i thought it was worth the time for one two it rarely gets talked about uh in regards to again abuse um when you think about and sexual abuse and misogyny and um sexual misconduct all those things we find out about them when it's too late right we find out about them when it's when it's when it's already burst at the scene, right? And you're wondering, how did this happen? I didn't know this person was doing that. I it really this person was capable of that. Uh, I think here in the U.S., we are extremely repressed when it comes to sex and sexuality, um, and and when it pertains to that, I don't think enough of us are getting the education. 
Uh, and this is partly where I feel like conservatism really runs um, amok and, you know, in, in the pursuit to try to protect kids, um, right, and to not introduce them to this stuff too early. Um, we have, I think we... I think this new generation is particularly Gen Z's, particularly those born after 2000, um, are growing up in a different environment, particularly with the amount of access um, that they have to information. Now that's a double-edged sword, and we'll get in. We can get into that later. But my point being is, previous generations were extremely repressed. I know for mine and as Xers, uh, first round of hip hop generationers, we. Our sexuality was was out there, but it still was misinformed. And of course, you know, the previous generation before that, boomers and you know, like my mom's generation, man, hardly anybody ever talked about it. Right. And when it came out, it just came out full force. And she was sexually abused. I know a lot of women who from that generation who were sexually abused, including men. Um, I know there were folks who were in my high school who were sexually abused and uh, you know, rarely talked about it, rarely talked about the these things, especially as men. Right. We don't we don't talk about it. It's like you. There's a sense of disgrace and embarrassment and shame around this. And so, um, you know, when you're already a fragile male, it it. You don't want to talk about that stuff, right? You don't want to. You don't want to get into that. All you want to do is you want to act as tough and as mean and as 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 manly, quote unquote, as you can, um, so that you don't get embarrassed, right? Because, right? Who are, and and really, who wants to be embarrassed? Um, so I decided we needed to talk more about this. I think this ties in with season three's theme of. Uh, behavioral health, mental health, uh, rest, Sabbath, all those things. I think that ties into to this because it, this this exposure, this time to really get to the nitty gritty of uh, abuse. Um, because I think R. Kelly as a sexual predator is is what is being talked about in that docu series. And again, if you haven't seen it, um, go to the show notes. Go to whitehodgepodcast.com. Uh, look up last week's episodes um, or the, uh, the last two weeks episodes. And there's links to the, the docuseries um, on Lifetime. And I believe at this point you can, you know, you can see all the episodes for free. Um, so, and I think they're on YouTube as well. Um, so you, sh- you should be able to, um, just to see that and just, you know, and, and, and to really get into it. And, and at the same time, I also understand that is a powerful documentary. I mean, it is, it raises a lot of shit. It raises a lot of madness for folks, man, on 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 all kinds of accounts, right? So I get it. If it, you just need to take some time. I mean, I know I've shared this before. Like in 2012, there were several documentaries that came out, you know, on the 20 year anniversary of the LA uprisings, and it took me a while. I think VH1 dropped one, and it took me a while to see that. Um, you know, um, it it just you know things that are tender in our lives, man. You just can't just ro- go rushing in. So I get that. I get that. Um, but I do want, did want to provide the links just in case, you know, for reference point and, and whatnot. So, yeah, we, y'all, I, and here's the thing. I think also along with this, I think when I think about sexual abuse, I also think about sexual violence, uh, how that plays out, particularly to our LGBTQ plus community uh, 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 folks who are, for a lot of them, particularly in the trans community, they are living under a constant uh, uh, threat of violence towards them. Um, 
And of course, with this presidency and this um, era that we're living in, there's there's no mercy. There is there and there is a sense of I can get away with it. I mean, I'm thinking about Jesse Smollett. Um, he was hospitalized after a brutal racist and homophobic attack. Um, it's interesting. I had a friend of mine post this on Instagram, um, and I talk a little bit about this in the in the interview. I'll, I'll introduce our 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 guest for this week. Amazing person. Uh, but this post I thought was interesting, and I really think it ties into to this. It's 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 one step away, right? From from not even one step away. It's half a step, quarter step away from calling women, you know, all them bitches and hoes, and you know, man, oh man, them pussy, yeah, tight young, all that type of talk, right? That comes with an ideology, yo. It it it's it's not without an ideological structure. It is not without its. It's not just the vernacular; it is in somebody, and those things it, it it makes it much more complex than oh that's just locker room talk or oh that's just you know that boys will be boys they'll grow out of it no 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 somebody has taught them to talk and to think that way, um, and same way with how we view you know our, our again our LGBTQ plus community and. So a friend of mine posted this on, on, on um, like I said, Instagram. He's a, a religious brother, and uh, I don't know how religious he is. I think, uh, you know, he's, he, has a, he has a platform. I'm not going to mention any names, but he has a platform, and he has, you know, a few thousand followers and stuff. And so he posted this, and, you know, the, the caption read, Racism and homophobia will never make a nation great. We are great when we honor, love, and respect diversity. We are great when we learn to be civil with firm disagreement. All right. And as soon as he posted this, I was like, oh, man, I don't even know why I read the comments, but I did. I broke my own rule <laughs> and read the comments. Um, but I thought this was this was very important because this thing just happened this here this last week. And uh, one cat commented and said, well, the most important thing out of all of this, I pray that he will come to the salvation of thee, Jesus Christ, and be saved and set free from homosexuality. My soul is most um, is most important than a beat up body. Okay, so he's like referencing like your soul is more important than just getting beat up. Jesus said that what profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his own soul? So with that being said, let's pray for the deliverance of this young man and his attackers that the lives will be changed by the power of Jesus Christ through the good news of the gospel. Dot dot dot. Yeah. I mean, sit on that for a minute, right? I, well, I read that and I was like, wow, I knew the minute I read that, I was like, man, I know that these, these are all people of color too, y'all. This isn't, you know, this is another white person. This is another person. I mean, you know, it, this is another person of color. And this is one of the things I think in our community, I'm talking to particularly POC folk. These are one of the things, this is, this is a major, major bump in our community as it pertains to sexual abuse and sexual orientation. These things then all of a sudden become biblical. These are biblical issues. This is what the Bible says. And it's that bullshit theology. And it, that's exactly what it is. It is bullshit theology. You're really going to base an entire theological pericope, your entire theological uh, uh, construct around 12 verses that don't really even make any goddamn sense. You're really going to base stuff on the fact that... 
most of the interpretations of, right, the word homosexual, right, uh, that is from a word that really, if you do an etymological study of that, that word didn't even appear into the English canon until around the 18th century. It is really more of a modern term used along with the sciences that said white people were superior to black people because of the way the skulls were formed. Yeah. That was all in that that whole conversation around whites being superior, okay, the European mind being being much more grander, grandiose, right? Uh, you could, you know, it's this profiling that they did, particularly in the early 20th century, uh, on on who they considered to be uh, thugs and people who were or more prone to go to jail, right? The brow, the formation of the brow, of it hung a certain way. This is all part of that quote unquote science, homosexuality. But somehow, it has now become etched and it's, it's very, the very fabric of most of, of evangelicalism. Like, we can talk about race, we can go in on that, oh, white people, white people. But the minute we get to LGBTQ, same-sex marriage, then it's like, oh, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm, no, no, mm-mm, I can't mess with that. Y'all, it's time we start breaking some of that shit. I'm just being straight up. You know, and I'm sure there's folks out there who are like, oh, but this is in the Bible. You know what? I'm so sick and tired of that shit about in the Bible. Go and do your own goddamn research. And I I know because I was in that camp for a long time, y'all. Long time. I was in that camp of, oh, man, what the Bible says this. And, you know, I don't go, I can't go against the word of God. Man, I tell you what, the Christian Bible has been fucked with so goddamn much that it is almost laughable that any of us really can even take it seriously in the English version. I mean, think about the amount of versions that you have out there, right? I mean, I know of 28 that are sitting on my shelf right now in my office, right? And then you add software in, you add, you know, it's like, oh man, there's another interpretation of that. And different commentaries, right? Different folks who interpret these different things. And I'm all for that. It's like the old analogy of the football game. It's like, you know, you got a football game and, you know, you've got everybody who is seeing it from different positions. you got people who couldn't afford the tickets, but they're up in the nosebleeder section. So they got a point of view. you got people who got the, the box seats. They're all up in the special seats. you got people who are right, you know, two rows up from where the players are at on the 50-yard line. you got the players. you got the coaches. you got the people who are security. you got all those things are all those folks have a different perspective. And after the game, we could all get together and say, hey, man, I saw from this bank. You know, I saw this play. I thought that I thought that he was fouled, man. I thought this person was taken out. You know, and you got somebody else say, no, 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 no. That's not what happened. This is what happened because I saw it and I was right there. Can you imagine us having that same conversation um, around the Bible? <laughs> right. It's a difficult one, y'all. It's a difficult one. And I get that this is part of the reason why I don't get invited to a lot of places to go and talk. Right. Because it's like it's that one thing. It's like race and and and, and ethnicity. That's cool. But, you know, you start to talk about the Bible and this is in the Bible and homosexuals and they need to turn from their wicked ways. Look, I don't believe that stupid shit. And that's exactly what it is. It is a very dangerous and narrow interpretation of the Bible. It is the same interpretation that goes in and says women can't lead. Women need to serve behind men. It is, you know, it's, it's that, in that same vein. In fact, when they say, oh, homosexuals will not inherit. You know, a lot of those words are evildoers, wrongdoers. Those who stand between God and, uh, and, and the devil. I mean, there's, there's like three or four different definitions that, that, that are rendered from that word. But we, again, we see homosexual. 
you know that there were at the time of enslavement and at the right before right before the uh, Civil War started, people were fighting left and right about the biblical basis of slavery. And I challenge you to go and look up some of the speeches. These are, I mean, you can even go back and look at some of the uh, the, the speeches that uh, were given. There's a documentary that came out on Frontline, uh, God in America. You can download it for free. And um, there, there are talks that you can look at verbatim, the talks, the actual scripts of people talking. And you take the word slave and black and Negro out and add in gay and LGBT. It's the same conversation we're having. And so for me, it's like, man, that's not just not a good look on folks, man. Like, seriously, we need to step up our theological game because this same violence that attacked Jesse is the same violence that says, ah, let's hear different stories. Let's see different sides to R. Kelly. Come on. I, no, no, no. We got to support each other. Oh, my gosh. Really? So it's interesting in this comment thread, um, somebody says the most important thing is that question mark, you know, um, exclamation mark. Uh, the brother who posted it said, you know, we all need deliverance. That is besides the point. Hatred, violence, mean-spiritedness, and outright evil against another is wrong. The fact that he is homosexual has nothing to do with how he should be treated. You know, this brother, of course, claps back and is just like, brother, I agree with you. But as a spiritual, but as spiritual minded people, we have to look beyond the physical and see the spiritual, your need. The real problem is men's hearts, exclamation mark, have turned evil against God. This is why we have homosexuality, adulterers, fornicators, haters, etc. going on. Too much compromising. Oh, my God. Just right there in that line right there. That again, bullshit type theology. That is the kind of stuff that b turns a blind eye to the elder having an affair. That is the type of bullshit that, that says, well, you know, that was a long time ago when they did that. I'm sure they've recovered from that. That is the same bullshit that will stand and say, oh, man, fornication this and fornication that, and I don't do this. But you find that same person, you know, going to a prostitute. You find that same person just, you know, stacks of porn all on the computer. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, this stuff just pisses me the hell off. He goes on to say, um, too much compromising is going on in our local churches today. The salvation of Jesus Christ, all in caps, need to be preached in our churches and around the world. And these senseless crimes will cease. <laughs> oh, my gosh, y'all. Really? These senseless crimes will cease. So that's all we need to do. Well, goddamn, if that's all we needed to do. Oh, fuck me running, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. Yo, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling you guys, this stuff drives me nuts. And it's part of the reason I started this podcast, because I wanted to begin to push beyond this bullshit, this mantra that says you just do these things and this is this will end. You know, it's like the same people say, oh, just put your pants up and all of a sudden your life will be better, you know, um, or just go to college and you will have a job waiting for you and the police will never harass you. And, you know, and, 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 and it's like, nah, man. Oh my gosh. He says, uh, and these census crimes will see when men truly repent and turn to Jesus Christ It's all in caps. I'm a living witness before I gave my life to Christ. I live for sin. It was my master, but thank God for Jesus. I don't serve sin equals practice anymore. 
I serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he has changed my heart. And God can do the same for many who have a desire to be changed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some other comments and people are like, mm, I don't know, you be petty and whatever. And so, but brother ends, he claps back and says, hey, but only God knows my heart. And it's genuine. Believe me, blessings from above to you. I thought that was important to read off, y'all, again, because this is the type of worldview. This is the type of mantra that goes on as we talk about these things. It overlooks it. So we can overlook somebody getting beat like this and be like, oh, yeah, but hey, he's got to turn. You know, it's like, you know, the wicked ways. It's, uh, you know, it's like the people who say, oh, man, you know, conversion therapy, you know, that bullshit as well. Right. I'm going to convert. I'm trust me, I'm working on an episode here about LGBTQ uh, theology and whatnot. And, you know, if you know me and if it is not clear, I don't believe being gay, being lesbian, being trans is, is a sin. I believe that there are biological things that happen. And um, the reality of it is, is that oftentimes we get caught up on one or two things that make sense for our perspective, right? It makes sense that we, this, this, you know, you cling on to things because again, there's that dissonance, there's that cognitive dissonance that happens because you might not understand something. It may not be in your cultural worldview or maybe something happened to you. In that realm, and you don't know how to talk about it and you don't know how to engage it and you don't necessarily even know how to wrap your head around it. But you do know the simplicity of basic bullshit theology. And that makes sense. And so I'm just going to go hang out with that. Right. I'm telling you, these 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 strongholds, they're tough. They're tough to break. They are tough to break. Ideology is hard, part of the is one of the worst things to to get at and to help people change you know wounds heal physical wounds heal um but man that ideological stuff that stuff stays for a long time you know um and it's got some pre some people right now pretty fucked up you know and if anything it has caused particularly uh western christians to well christians in general and faith faith folks in in general uh to really stumble and fall uh when it comes to embracing folks who are different than what they have laid out in front of them to be quote unquote normal once again r kelly is bigger <laughs> than just r kelly and it connects to this it connects to abuse it connects to to folks who are who have been out there and who have been sexually abused and who have been um who have been in 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 the shitter and not been able to talk about it so this week um i wanted to talk about the pragmatic effects um of what sexual abuse does and, and how it affects somebody. Um, and just a, a header on this note, uh, I did put out a call for folks who I know some of you may be asking, I got a couple emails like, Hey, have you thought about somebody from Chicago? You know, that's where R. Kelly is from. I did. Absolutely. I did. I, I put some calls out, you know, folks just be different schedules just didn't line up when in fact I do get a hold of those folks and they, uh, they do respond or some time opens up, I will get them on the show. Um, and I will get them, uh, set up and we'll have another conversation that might not necessarily 
necessarily be around the whole R. Kelly thing, but we'll have a conversation around that. So I do want to say that, that I did reach out to folks in Chicago. And if you here in Chicago, you listening to this, you know, reach out to a brother, you know, hit me up um, and let me know. I'd love to talk more about this. I want to explore this from a lot of different angles. Um, so I did want to say that. Um, but this week's guest is very special, very dear to my heart, very somebody who's very close uh, to me, my family. Um, Sabina Shavaros. She is a, well, Sabina, I, so here's the, let me just put it out there. I was Sabina's youth pastor back in the day, 20 years ago. Um, I was her youth pastor and, uh, you know, I've known Sabina since she was young, like my daughter's age, um, 12. And uh, she's not 12 anymore. <laughs> and she is a grown woman, uh, a professional, uh, uh, an avid thinker, uh, college educated. She's working uh, with Lexus International now. She's doing some great things. Uh, but she had put some stuff up on Instagram. I'm starting to get on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, it was just powerful. And I was just like, whoa, I got to get you on. Let's talk about this stuff. Um, she has been abused before. I'm going to let her discuss that and here in a minute in, in the interview. And uh, I felt like it was this. She was the perfect person to end the series with um, because it, it she talks from it from the from the from the from the ground view from from the where the where the rubber meets the road. This is, and that's not to take anything away from my other two guests. All of them had different perspectives. I knew that this third one, I really wanted to have some more of this pragmatic engagement. Like, what does that look like? You know, what does it look like as, you know, particularly a single mom of color raising a young man in in this day and age? Um, and we're going to get into that here in a second. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't really say I was the uh, the best youth pastor because that was that that was during my time. That was those were during my fundamentalist years. Those were during my years when I just assumed that uh, you know, I, very similar to this brother. You know, just just serve Jesus Christ and those beatings will cease. I'm shamed to admit that, but it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth, y'all. Uh, I, I had to get some deliverance. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Lord. Right. Um, so Sabina's coming on. We have an amazing conversation. I know this one's going to go a little bit longer. I do apologize. You may want to split this into one, you know, one part, two parts. Uh, but she, her story is is amazing. And um, just her perspective on this whole thing, I think, really shed some light uh, on this. And I was able to reconnect with her and hear more about what's going on in her life and share with her what's going on in my life and uh, just really reconnect. And so this was a good, this was a good step here to have her on the show. So without any further ado, check out what Sabina and I have to say and how this stuff connects uh, with R. Kelly. And then also goes beyond just the R. Kelly issue, but yet still connects back to that. All right, here you go. So let's hit it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Sabina, thank you so much for taking time out your busy schedule to come on Profane Faith. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, well, tell me a little bit about your connection. I know you've been, you know, in the music industry. You still have. I see you on Instagram every now and then posting your stuff. I saw you selling a keyboard the other day or a controller <laughs> or something like that. But how, what's been your connection, I mean, with this whole R. Kelly thing? What were your thoughts on that? Um, you and I are of similar age, and so we can kind of remember the 90s. Um, mm. and what those, uh, what those sounded like. So I'd be curious to get your, your take on that. Wow. The nineties and R Kelly for me. Um, I think every time I hear a song, it defined my childhood. Mm. That's how, 
Yeah, wow. that's how um, his music was powerful for our generation. It was, you know, R&B. There were things that we couldn't talk about. You know, I grew up in a home that was very religious and strict. Um, and R. Kelly gave a platform to talk about things that I was curious about. Um, and it was cool. So he was always on replay. Hmm. Um, but we all knew about Aaliyah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we can get a, get into that a little bit later, but him dating Aaliyah at that time and me being a teenager at that time, mm-hmm. it didn't feel so bad, unfortunately, because at 15, at yeah. 13, 14, 15, I felt like a grown woman. Okay. I felt, um, and then now when I look at my son, he's 12. I'm like, wow, you're such a child. You're so young. And there's so many things that you haven't been exposed to. And, and I wasn't a child then, but at that age, a teenager, we're always trying to grow up a little faster than we need to. Um, so yeah, R. Kelly kind of spoke to me and my friends. Um, when I f- heard that this show, uh, Surviving R. Kelly was out, it took about a week or two after it came out to watch it. Yeah. Um, you know, my childhood was very difficult. I grew up being abused. Mm. Um, and I knew that watching this would probably open up new um, wounds for me to watch. And mm. uh, when I did watch it, whew, yeah, it, it was hard. Um, it was hard to watch and listen to um, these women tell their stories. And at the same time, on, I'm on social media and people continue to joke about it. Right. Um, right. There's memes about, uh, oh, I can't, you know, I, I'm upset for not, not listening or I can't listen to R. Kelly anymore. I can't support him, but in a joking way versus focusing on the pain that is inflicted on young women. Um, that was kind of hard. Um, mm. and I, and I know it's not right. You know, I giggled and laughed at some of it. It kind of put me in a place of confusion and thinking about abuse in these women, about what I've grown up, everything is confusing. There's, mm sex where where you think sex is supposed to be love and that's what you've heard about Mm -hmm. but this person is a predator hurting um i listened to your prior the your last um podcast and you you guys talked about the subject of believing yeah yeah and it's such a powerful subject because Mm -hmm. Um, we continue to do that today. You know, um, mm-hmm. I'm currently going through, and I can't get into too much detail, but I'm still going through some legal battles right mm. now. And it has to do with, um, it really has to do with this similar subject of um, a gentleman being physical towards me. Um, and he happens to be, black and educated and um you know the when i was interviewed by a social worker what i thought was interesting was this woman she was a black woman mm-hmm. 
And the first thing she said was, why would you do this to a black man? Oh. Why would you ruin his career? Oh. And I was shocked. Um, And this is something that I had, um, I was with this person for years. Um, There was years of abuse. Our neighbors heard it. We've had police come over to our home. Um, I mean, everything, like uh, you guys mentioned receipts. There's receipts for all of these instances, but you get into court and you talk to, I talk to the judge to explain my story. And because it was so long ago, it was a year or two years ago. Um, and there's no, um, there's no police report. Mm-hmm. There's no pictures. Yeah. Um, even though there's, you know, I wrote a journal and I've shared all of that. It still did not substantiate that this actually happened. Therefore I am the liar. Damn. So there's like the system of continuously not um, supporting women who are often abused when there are stories and there is study after study that women who are abused, they never come out. There's shame. Yeah. There's pain. You know, the, nobody wants, who wants to talk about that? Especially um, strong women, strong women who have, you know, their careers are going really well, you know, maybe they're making money or Maybe in the community, they're, they're a leader, but this is happening in your home, whether you're abused or, or whatnot, you don't want to talk about it. But when you're ready to, nobody believes you. Mm, right. I think that's the hardest thing. And, and watching R. Kelly's show and then going on social media and seeing people have debates about, um, you know, well, they asked for it or you know, these girls knew what they were doing. Or when I was at that age, I knew what I was doing. Or there's grown women who knew what they're doing. There's all these rationales, that conversations that are happening on social um, to validate that it was okay for this to happen. And it's not only happening in the social community, in our community, but even the justice system is also taking that same action. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really hard. It's hard as a woman to um, stand up for yourself. Um, either you're lying or you're a bitch when you're trying to ruin somebody else's career and it's not true. What I mean, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, too, along with the social media part. And I've heard this over and over and over, too, is that, you know, well, we got to get all the facts. We got to get all the, you know, before we start casting judgment and start, mm-hmm. you know, blaming somebody. Um, what, I mean, growing up, I mean, and and, and coming through, I mean, the, either the entertainment industry, either through college, either through, I mean, what has been your experience like? I mean, my little stint in the entertainment industry, one of the things I never had to think about was being sexually assaulted. I. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought about the craft, I thought about the art, but almost every female performer I've ever talked with, you know, has, has, has brought that up at some level, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I'd be, I'd just be curious to know like how that, how you engage and how you navigated some of those, some of those arenas and whatnot. Not, it's not easy. It's not easy because, um, one, if, if you're really pretty, it doesn't matter how talented you are. Hmm. You're, you're going to get the attention that you think you need um, to get your foot in, but then it just gets out of control. Hmm. For example, um, 
you know, I've been in, in a situation where, you know, I'm in a studio and there's, I'm not going to drop any names, but there's a really another big producer and wow, you're so pretty. Why don't you come to the studio tomorrow and we can work one-on-one. And I'm so excited because you're starstruck. I'm starstruck. And it's not going through my mind that what he's saying is not while you're so talented, come over tomorrow. It's while you're so pretty, come over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And we are women often hear that. Yeah. And especially in that industry and all the women in the industry are beautiful. They're done up, you know, everything, you know. So, you know, I went to the studio the next day and he's pressing me and Mm. telling me that all girls do this. It's, you know, we're just friends. Um, but I'm, I'm very loud and very outspoken and I don't get down that way. (laughs) Uh, Um, sometimes I feel like me being that way is the reason why I didn't get a lot of opportunities Hmm. in the industry. Um, because I have been kicked out of a studio, I've been called stuck up a bitch, um, just standing up for myself. Um, I've several times I've come home crying, like, am I not good enough? You know? Um, and you'll, it's, it's not all bad, but it's, for the majority, it's bad. Yeah. Um, Cause you'll, you'll have, you'll meet some people who are good, genuinely good people, but you've already built, or I have at that point, I've already built so much um, resentment and questioning myself. Um, but that's just for me. You know, I have, I have so many friends who are women in the industry mm-hmm. that, that sleep around a lot. You know, they go from guy to guy um, with all these promises and um, it just tears them down. It tear, tears their self, self-esteem down. It's, it's very frustrating and hard to watch. Um, so, you know, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I think, and part of what you're saying, I mean, it strikes me, even as you're talking, I mean, it just, and, and, and first of all, I mean, and, and I said this before, it, it's like, it took me a minute to, to, to see this as well. I mean, I had heard about it and whatever. And then, um, just because of, just because the amount of, of women I've had in my own life and stuff. And so it's mm-hmm. like it, in in hearing woman after woman talk about, Oh man, I couldn't believe this it was R. Kelly sitting next to me. Oh man, I couldn't believe this person was in the studio. Oh man, I couldn't believe. And then the next thing they know, they're like hemmed up and all this stuff. So, what? How I, mean, do you- I don't know if people can't cannot believe. I mean, especially people who are around him. Yeah. Um, or even with people with this type of behavior, I think. Um, I think. Uh, we just don't want to be honest with ourselves that this is actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. Therefore, those people become enablers, you know, allowing yeah. this person to to act that way. It's like it's really hard for me to. We all saw it. I mean, Aaliyah got married when she was 15 years old. How did nobody say anything about that? Right. 
you know, um, these, and as I get older, you know, I've realized that people show their true colors and you have to believe it. So if he's capable of doing something like this, if anybody is capable of, of doing something like that, being a predator against young girls or even just women in general, um, they only have to show it to you one time. Hmm. Okay. Break that down a little bit. Break that down. Break, break, uh, break that. When you, when you say they show it, oh, they have to show it to you one time. Like, like what do you, and, and, and what is that? And what does that look like? Particularly for those who just, you know, who just be like, oh, well, yeah, what is that? What do you, what do you mean? What do you, one time? I mean, well, for in R. Kelly's instance, if marrying Aaliyah, if that didn't cause red flags, then I don't know what would, because that's like the ultimate, you know, if you're married with somebody, obviously you're having sex with this child. You are a grown ass man. Um, but to things that are not as extreme, you know, um, in relationships, arguments, I've, I, many of my girlfriends are in relationships where it's like, you know, bitch this, you're a bitch and calling all these things, you know, even that's a form of abuse. Mm. And you only have to do it one time. If you're capable of thinking those things, those words, and putting the woman in that sort of box of you're a bitch because maybe you're speaking your mind or maybe you're not doing what you want me to do or a little slap or a little nudge. Those are all indications that this person is not healthy and will continue to do that. And it will get worse. Um, but what makes it really hard is when you're with somebody, you're this woman who feels like, you know, you're there to maybe rescue this man or you really love him or whatnot. And um, it's really hard to break away from somebody who who has that type of behavior. Um, and then there's a lot of, excuse my language, there's a lot of mindfuck in that yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think about myself and my my upbringing and, and the abuse that I grew up with um I was abused sexually abused at a very very young age for years mm. um I was younger than my son you know and um it was something that was on the news it was something that was very public and embarrassing to my family um but I remember as a child going through um therapy evaluations and uh, a therapist or a social worker is trying to figure out if this happened to me. And in fact, we're a little open about it in my family. So my sister is the person who had confided in a school counselor mm. and this is, it all unfolded. Um, but I'm six years younger than my sister. I was very young at the time, about nine years old. And the person who abused me, I love this person. Mm. And this is where the mindfuck happens because I am 30, I'll be 37 soon. And I still love this person. And I know that it is weird and twisted, but it's a psychological, um, it's a mindfuck, you yeah. know? So as I'm going through these therapy evaluations, you know, I am very quiet. I, I didn't want to talk about it. Um, but they're trying to figure out if it really happened to me in their, um, 
I'm not sure scientifically or whatnot. So they're asking me questions like, draw a penis. You know, what does that look like? And I remember I didn't want anybody to know about what happened to me at that time, not for embarrassment. I think at this age, it would be more embarrassment. But at that time, it was out of loyalty. Mm. At nine years old, it was out of loyalty. And here I am drawing a penis in something that looks absolutely nothing like a penis. And I know it at nine years old. Mm. Um, and this person, you know, went to, went to prison for a very long time because of this. And not because for, my, for, my, for me, but for my sister, because I continued to deny it. Um, and it wasn't until I got older that I, you know, came to accept that this has happened to me, that the person that I love and I was loyal to, this happened to me. Um, and I carry that with me. I carry the mind fuck with me and I know it. Mm. Um, because I, again, you know, this person who I know it's, you know, from this there's, I've had identity issues. I've had self-esteem issues. I've had, I've gone through so many things about who I am Mm. as a woman, as a person, as a human. Um, and yet still, I think about this person. I hope he's okay. You know, I, and any other person would say that that's crazy. So I'm watching R. Kelly. I'm going back. Sorry. I'm, let's go back to R. Kelly. I'm watching R. Kelly and I'm putting myself in the shoes of these women. And more particularly, the women who are actually still with R. Kelly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, you know, they've been kidnapped and, and, and whatnot. I think and I believe at one point that they were kidnapped or taken, it wasn't really, it was manipulation. But at this point in the game, it, there's loyalty. There's that Stockholm syndrome. There's that, I love this person and he's treating me like this because I deserve to be treated like this. Mm. And everybody, the rest of the world can sit here and try to save and try to rescue me. But why? I don't need saving. Because this is what I know. This is, this is what I deserve. I truly feel like th this is how these women who live with him now, who are going through it now, um, are confused about their self-worth. Hmm. Um, and they're not what we would consider in prison. Like they're in jail. He can't, I can't get out the house. They're making a choice to stay there because of their mind fucked. Um, and that's sad. That makes me really sad. Hmm. Well, I think you're talking a little bit about the, the psychological abuse that happens, um, in these situations. I mean, and I appreciate you sharing. I mean, that's man. I mean that, yeah. To recall that. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's a lot. And mm -hmm. you're talking about that mind fuck part. I mean, I think that's, I mean, at least for me, as as I've seen it is as well happen, you know, within school settings. I mean, having worked 
uh well you know i was with young life for a while and you know worked at uh seaside high same school you graduated from and i graduated from and mm-hmm. and you know sitting there in office you know with young women who had been date raped that was the most common thing i mean date rape was very very mm-hmm. common and so and you know and talking to another female principal who was a yes but young lady look who what you was wearing and look young lady and so then you got that on top of family members on top of i mean it's some crazy shit man i mean man what yeah i you know i you saw me on my instagram ranting about no you weren't ranting you were breaking it down in fact that's what brought me to this i was like i gotta reach out to sabina i know it's been a minute but i gotta i gotta go in so so yeah i was gonna ask you what what brought that on what was the the spur slip into my dm okay so Um, I don't think my Instagram is very risky, but sometimes I'm feeling good about myself and I want to take a cute picture, you know, um, am I may be wearing a swimsuit. I may be, you know, showing a midriff or whatnot, but mm-hmm. that does not in my, in my point of view does not give an open a door for people to, um, disrespect me and insinuate that I am ready to have sex with everybody. <laughs> Right. Right. I would agree with that opinion. Yes. Yes. And if I say it like that, everybody would agree, obviously. But it's the it's the, um, you know, in this instance, I took a picture of and my midriff is showing. And here I get a couple of DMs or let me take shots off of that body. Um, You know, let me put my hands on that. body. you know, things like that, that just. um. It's not an open invitation for you to disrespect me. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and why are you questioning me? Because I'm a woman. It, it, you know, there's this box of that women need to um, dress a certain way to be respectful. They need to talk a certain way. You know, I have a sailor mouth. And I've been told many times I don't talk like a lady. Um, you know, I, last night I, I didn't realize that was in the rule book, but um, <laughs> uh, there's just all these gender pre-established roles that mm-hmm. that has been created, and it allows for women to continuously be objectified. We are unable to express ourselves, and when we do, if our skirt is a little too short or maybe too tight, you know, if I'm wearing a V-neck and my, you, you know have a little bit of cleavage, it all, you know, automatically means a guy can hit on you or it, again, it's an open invitation. So okay. I'm sick of it. No, absolutely. I was, I was wondering what was going on. I was like, man, something, 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 this was this. That's why I was like, shoot, I got to reach out. Cause something happened. Something was going <laughs> down. Yeah. I, I'm I, I usually don't respond to that. In fact, I just ignore most of those comments, but... You block and um, delete, I hope? Yeah, block and delete, block and delete. Sometimes I'll respond back, you know, be respectful. Um, I do try to, you know, self-reflect and say, hey, should I have not posted that? You know, but, you know, I'm thinking, no, it's okay. You know, I could be proud of myself and proud of my body. You know, I'm not out there butt ass naked or, or, you know, (laughs) you know, legs all open with something crazy. I'm not doing that. You know, I am being a woman and I'm loving myself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But what I'm getting back, the energy that I'm getting back, the comments that I'm getting back is, is it makes me want to, you know, put on a potato sack and be shameful about my body. Hmm. So, um, you know, the, the, the flip side is that, you know, I know that there's like a lot of young girls who, um, they feed into that type of energy and they feel that they need that, which makes it even more difficult. And this cycle of, you know, doing that is okay, but you know, don't try me. That was my point <laughs> in that conversation. I'm, I'm not the one. <laughs> Well, you was talking about how there is there is a way to hit on a, a, a woman, and mm-hmm. you're like you go you go learn how to do it and stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah okay, right on. I mean, but and and I'm hearing. I mean, how much of your life has been that though? I mean, because and and I know you have known you for a while. I mean, granted, you know, I don't hang out with you every day, but it's just like I've known <laughs> you've been headstrong for a long yeah. time, which is a positive, positive thing. To have as a woman is one of the things I'm trying to cultivate more, you know, in my daughter as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, like, how much do you, you, just, you know, does that make up? I mean, you know, in terms of being in a woman's shoes, what, mm-hmm. you know, what is that? What, and and for, for somebody who's listening, thinking, you know, like, what, you know, what does that mean? What does that look like for you, um, you know, on a, on a daily basis? Because you, obviously you got the pictures that you post on Instagram. You got, I mean, I don't, I don't know what other social media you, you may have, um, but is, is, is that, does that come up a lot? Do you get, you know, and do you get fools and uh, that? <laughs> I do. You know what I do? And it's, it's, it, to me, it feels fairly new to me because I, you know, I think you remember I used to wear really, really baggy clothes. I used yeah. to, yeah, I'm, I'm small. I'm five, two. I'm really a tiny person. And in high school, I. I played football in high school and I wore yeah, um, yeah. size 40 jeans that I'm drowning in. Um, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, my abuse and hiding myself and not being comfortable with my mm. body. Um, and, and almost a longing to be one of the boys because I felt like they don't have to deal with what I have to deal with. I really want to be a boy. Um, and as I got older, you know, I wanted to explore my feminine side and I didn't get a lot of hit-ons in high school because I was very tomboyish. Um, and then I started dressing up and all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I get hit on, but what, what was working for me when I was in my tomboy stage was I was learning to love myself outside of what I looked like. Mm. Um, you know, I think I'm, you know, tenacious in, in all the things that I do. And, you know, I put 110 effort in it and I never give up. I love those things about me. You know, I, I'm quick at learning things and I, I, I want to learn everything. And, you know, as a person, I love myself. And if I didn't have that, I think I'd be in a lot of trouble. So when I get hit on, to me, because I don't value my outward appearance as much as most people would, I'm yeah. more offended. Um, I'm like, don't like me for how I look. Like me for who I am. And you have no idea who I am because social media is just a snapshot of what I want you to think who I am. You know? <laughs> yeah. So 
it's, it's for me, it's weird when I get hit on, but because I've heard it a lot in the last 10, 15 years of finding my new femininity, um, it's, it's frustrating, tired, some old, um, being at work, you know, I, I try to be competitive. Um, it doesn't matter to me if you're a man or a woman. I'm very competitive. I want to be number one. And hearing, oh, you're you're just a pretty girl or you're really smart for a pretty girl. You know, those mm. things, Yeah, those things are hard to hear. Um, and, you know, for your daughter, I, I, I know that those are things that she's going to hear too. Yeah. And I think you know, as a, an adult, as a mentor or a parent, we have to continuously, um, feed, um, self-love and compliment the young, our young children about other things that are not what you look like Mm. or, um, what you can bring to the table that are, um, that are not, your your person it's it's more like what you can do for me oh thank you you're great because you did this for me no you're great because you have this light you are you're you bring you know we compliment our kids the wrong way the way that we've learned is what beauty is yeah um so i have to constantly remind myself you know when at, when i hear these things at work you know it's I'm not smart because I'm pretty. I'm smart because I'm smart and I work hard. Um, yeah. But if you say that at work as mm-hmm. a woman, you're either big headed, stuck up or a bitch, you know? So you try to keep that, you know, you have to have those self talks with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well now, so let me ask this. See, you know, you're raising a son, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. How are you raising him? What are you, what are you talking with him about? Man, we, I, you know, we have a really open relationship. We talk about everything. Um, he's 12 and he has a girlfriend, which. Okay. When I, when I found out, I, my heart dropped. Um, he called me, he called me from school to tell me. Okay. That oh. He asked a girl out. All right. All right. And. It's really hard because, you know, it's, I'm, he's my only kid and there's no role manual on how to do this. Nah, um, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want to be that parent that is so strict that they ostracize you completely. I've seen how that works. Yeah, right, um, right, right. But at the same time, you don't want to be that parent, the cool parent that lets you do everything. Um, and then it just gets out of hand, you know? Yeah. Um, so my son and I, we have open dialogue of everything about his actions um, you know, about my actions. If I did something wrong, I am, I am 100% able to accept my actions and apologize to him if it was, if it was in the wrong. Um, we talk about girls, we talk about sex, we talk about, um, you know, what to do in situations and, and, you know, things that are happening 
out in the news, we talk about, you know, Trump saying, you know, grab him by the pussy. We talk about that. We talk, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. everything because today you're they're so exposed to what's happening. Yeah. In the world. Oh, yeah. And we have to have these open dialogues with them. Because if they're not going to get some direction from somebody that loves them and wants to guide guide them and help mold them, they're going to get it from social media, from their friends, um, even more so than when we were young. So, uh, yeah, we talk a lot about that. And, um, you know, my, my son has... I've been hit on in front of my son since he was young and there's guys who would do it the wrong way who were like, what up, ma? What's up, ma? Ooh, you looking so good, ma. You know, that, that. And I'm quick to say, hey, my son's right here. You know, because I don't want my son to think that that behavior is okay. Yeah. And that is not how you approach a woman. Um, so he's seen me do that. And he's seen also men of who's appropriately or nicely and you know talk to me and, and me engage with them and you know it's all about behavior and what he sees and we talk about it yeah after it happens how so, yeah I, what no, no no i was just gonna ask like what i mean and that's and that's right on spot on point i mean when you, you know they they do they watch and that's that's a lot more believable than words or some sermon and whatnot, but how, you know, and, and what is this engagement? I mean, in terms of, you know, being raised by a strong mom, smart got she got to go on, you know, in terms of just an, an understanding feminism, like what, how is he, I guess what I'm really asking is like, how, how is he, cause he has a, he has a perspective that a lot of young men don't get. Um, mm-hmm. And how does, how do you know, how do y'all navigate those those things. Cause I'm sure he sees it at school or whatever school he goes to and whatnot, you know, the way other little dudes talk to. And I just, you know, I talk a lot about, even here on this show about how strong the, the current is, you know, of, of how we men have been, you know, have been raised and are continuing to be raised for that matter. I mean, mm-hmm. How do you guys navigate some of those conversations around, you know, treating women, uh, how we refer to women. And I'm not even talking about like, Oh, flat out calling them a B, but just like, like how we, look at women like like you just said like oh you're you know man you're smart and pretty or you're just little yeah. comments like that that have a, a, a stronger root does that make sense yeah how does he how does he how do we talk through it or how are you raising him how are you giving him how are you giving them that knowledge from your perspective mm-hmm. sabina is not the not the pushover mom but the mom was like now hold up now hold up um how is he when he turns 18 or whenever you guys decide he's going to leave the house? Um, what are you hoping he leaves with in terms yeah. of gender, yeah. and masculinity and all that? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've, raised Isaiah to accept people for who they are mm-hmm. to um to give compliments when it's deserved um and to to not be shy about it you know um and and I keep him away from places that 
I try my best to keep them away from places that that don't agree with those things. Okay. Um, for example, you know, we grew up in the church, you know, and um, I don't take them. I don't take them to church. Uh, because there's so many... Um, There's so many teachings of, how do I say this? Come on, just just spit it out. Come on now. Come on. (laughs) There's, there's so many teachings of not accepting yourself for who you are, Mm. but needing to be the way the Bible or whoever's interpreting the Bible, you need to fit in this box. Yeah. And I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, it's, you know, in church, it's, it's not only in the word, it's in the way the structure of the churches, you Come know, on. I remember Come on. having a, a, a woman deacon and, you know, surprised, proud and, you know, oh, she's a, she's a woman deacon, but it goes back to the oh, you're pretty good for a late a woman. You're pretty good at this because you're for a woman, not you're just good at this or you can speak the word. You know, though, that's, I don't want him seeing that either. Yeah. Um, you know, I w- it was a couple years back, I went to church and um, there was an elder there who said, my, 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 you grew up looking like a fine lady, but the way he's looking at me, you're undressing me. You're doing that in front of my son. Those things that, oh, you know. Oh, Lord have mercy. And, and we, <laughs> Whoa, we, man. we, and. I don't I mean don't to be crucious. I just, I just, for those yeah. of you listening, just, I, I, Sabine and I went to some of the, the same church. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you've been at in the church in the last 10 years, but I just, it just. Yeah, an image popped into my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. That, yes. that happens way too often. Yeah. Um, so how I raise my son is, you know, I try to do my best to put him in environments that uplift him and the teachings that I try to, that I teach him. Um, I can't, I can't protect him from everything. You know, school is, can get a little bit crazy. Um but that's what I do. I, I mm-hmm. try my best to to support by showing, not just saying and talking. And the communication is important, but showing him. Um, and he asks things like, "Why don't we go to church?" Because he, you know, there's parts of church that he loves, and we we still we still talk about stories in the Bible. I mean, there's like great lessons to be learned. Um, but but yeah, I, I just. It's it's not it's 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 really ignorance is blessed and I'm not ignorant. What and I don't want my son to be. No, no, no. I and I I, I like this. So let me so let me ask this because this is um this is a, this is a fascinating question and I know the the hour is nigh but I but this is as my my researcher mind then gets you know plugged in and I'm like oh wait no so no church what's I mean you you broke some of that stuff down what are some other elements for like for you like what. Where, you know, where, where would you be at? Where would you say, and this is definitely not, I'm not, I'm genuinely asking Sabina, see, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. asking and to wonder, um, 
Like, you know, where, where do you fall on that spectrum? I mean, because I know I, I haven't identified as, you know, a Seventh-day Adventist in a long time. I've made that pretty, right. pretty, uh, pretty renowned. And, um, you know, I mean, yeah. And I think that's part of what kind of keeps me away from, you know, because I know, I know folks still think, you know, I've backslidden and I'm a sinner and I married the wrong woman and I'm not living the sanctified life. So there's are all these things, right? Like you just said, the, the, that placates how we should be. But what, what now, what has that been for you? Where did, how did you arrive to a place where you're like, nah, we ain't going to church <laughs> straight yeah. up. And how have you dealt with, because I know you've gotten it, how you dealt with some of the criticism? Oh, this is hard. This is hard because my mom is still a devout Seventh-day Adventist. Um, and I know it breaks her heart that I'm not there, you know? Um, the church has put a lot of bitter feelings in my soul. Hmm. And it all has to do with... Um, it's like this elitist perspective of, you know, we are the best. We are the only ones going to heaven. And if you don't do what we do, then you're going to hell. Um, yeah, I never liked that. You know, I never liked um, living in fear in that way. Mm. Um, I still, you know, I, I believe in, in the word but I don't believe in the way that it has been interpreted. Um, you know, when growing up as a child, when this, I was going through this time with my family and there was courts involved. This is with my, you know, the, my abuser, um, the church seemed like they were there. And because I'm a child, you know, they're, they're talking behind my mom's back, but in front of me because, oh, she's a child. She doesn't know, you yeah. know? Yeah. And gossiping about my family. You know, um, I remember in seventh grade, I wanted to be an usher, but I wore colored lipstick and my skirt, the black skirt uniform that I wore was too fitting on me. And therefore I couldn't do it. Um, or I was talked to about, you know, mm -hmm. how it was dressed, you know? Yeah. Um, and the hypocrisy, there's just a lot of that going on. And I know it's not just with this religion. I, I think it's just church in general. It's everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> judging each other and wanting to be the better Christian, the one who's going, I don't know. If there's a line of going to heaven, maybe they feel that they're going to be in the front of the line versus the middle of the line. To me, I don't give a damn. At least. If I'm going, we're all going. You know, it, it doesn't matter what part of the line we are. I don't know what the reason is for people to talk about people and condemn people. They're not God. They're not, you know, they don't have that right to, but church allows that for us to judge each other. Mm -hmm. And then we forget about the speck in our eye the log in your eye, you know, that, that, that message. Um, but yeah, I choose to not be a part of that. I choose to not, to not be judged for things that I don't feel are wrong the way I live my life. Um, and 
yeah, I don't go there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, no, absolutely. I mean, and I and, and what, so one of the things that, you know, particularly emerges from a lot of the, the research is that the suggestion that, you know, because we now have, you know, at least that we know of in human history, um, you know, the amount of information, the amount of uh, access to that information and quote unquote knowledge you know, that folks are saying like, look, what's, you know, what is, you're asking the, the serious question, you know, what is the point um, of church? And, you know, we've seen the numbers, right? We're starting with the millennials, mm -hmm. um, the decline in, you know, in church attendance. And, you know, now Pew Research is coming out with, you know, now they're saying Gen Z and the Zers, you know, and so I think my right. daughter, your son, but probably might even fall into that, those born after 2000. But, you know, I mean, what, I mean, and, Cause I guess I'm, so this is, this is what I'm kind of leading up to. So, um, there was a post, well, there was a whole bunch of posts on, on Instagram, uh, regarding the, the brutal beatdown of, I'm about to pull it up of, uh, and there was just some things that came up that I thought, um, the brutal beatdown of uh, Jesse, am I saying it? Jesse Smollett? Oh, Jesse. Yeah. Uh -huh. Jesse Smollett. And, you know, a friend of mine, which uh, I, I won't put on blast, posted it and was just like, you know, racist and homophobia will never make a nation great. We are great when we honor, love, respect, blah, 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 blah. Hashtag <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Okay, cool. Now, this brother's like, you know, he's religious and everything. And the comment, I, I don't even know why I looked at the comments. I, I broke my own rule, never read the comments, but I did. And it said, one of, one of the responses was like, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, the most important thing out of all of this, I pray that he will come to the salvation of the Jesus Christ and be saved and set free from homosexuality. Oh my God. My soul is the most, <laughs> most, is most important than a beat up body. Jesus said, what profit a man if he gained the whole world, but lose his own soul. So with that being said, let's pray for the deliverance of this young man and his <laughs> attackers that the lives will be changed by the power of Jesus Christ through the good news of the Gospels. Oh, good Lord. Your thoughts on that? <laughs> oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on, Sabina. Oh, God. Um, I mean, again, we use religion to to condemn people and judge people. Um, and I mean, who are we, who are we to be able to do that? You know, um, sorry. It just really upsets me that. It, yeah. <laughs> really... As it should, it, it, it got me, got me talking. I actually took it to my class. And so we, yeah. we start talking about this stuff too. You know, um, I, it's, I, I mean, there, I'm trying to get my thoughts together because there's so many ways to go, to go with this. Um, but religion continuously condemns people and puts people in these, you know, in this box of right and wrong. Um, yeah. And here is this, there's a community, there's the LGBT community who has been, you know, oppressed for so long. And in the name of God, in the name of some entity that is, that is the ultimate power and how, 
and that this is, you know, something that is, can be transformed by prayer or, you know, there, there are so many, there's psychological stories or, I mean, studies that, you know, the, this community, this is, this is who they are. And we as humans are condemning them. That just really bothers me. Yes. Um, you know, my I'm going to talk about my son a little bit, but my son um, has a best friend mm-hmm. for, and I had no idea, but uh, last year my son had told me that, um, did you know my, my friend was a transgender? Hmm. And I said, no. And he said, I didn't know that either. Either I just, you know, he, he was really sad because apparently the kids at school found out and they were taunting him. Oh, geez. Um, and he told my son, you know, didn't you know um, I'm transgender? You know, my son at that time didn't know. He said, what's that? Are you going to get better? And um, thinking he's sick, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, it's not, it's not a, it's not a cold. Let me show you. So he goes to um, a, a YouTube influencer named Jazz Jennings. Mm-hmm. And she's a young girl who's gone through this transition to tell about her story. And this is how my son's best friend opens up to him and tells him who he is. Wow. And at the end of that, my son just looks at him. He said, okay, are we still best friends? And mm. his friend's like, you don't care? Um, no, I don't, I don't care. What does that mean? It doesn't matter to me. Um, and to me, when my son's telling me the story, I'm thinking about, okay, it's, it's because I didn't take him to church, maybe. <laughs> it's because I did not instill these, you know, these ideas that we are, it's okay to have homophobia. It's okay to use the name, the word of God to condemn people, you know? And and it, it's just, you know, it made me really proud about him. Um, but it also broke my heart to hear that this child is going through all yeah. of this, you know? Um, he's even said that there are kids who are throwing Bible verses at him. Lord, um, Lord have mercy. And... And um, you know, it's just religion. Religion. It hurts people. It it's something that breaks people down, and it and then on the other side, it gives people um, comfort to to be ugly, to oppress people, to judge people. Um, it's, it's, a, I, I don't know. It's the same thing as, you know, people, it's almost a line, a line, the same lines of, you know, racism, because it's like this accepted norm in, and you're using the Bible in the name of God, something that we're supposed to say is pure and just mm. and, and, and therefore it's okay to do this. And it's not. So whoever wrote that needs to shut up. 
<laughs> well, I mean, and it's interesting. A few people got item um, on there. Uh, well, the person who wrote that post and, you know, but, you know, and, that, and that's the thing. I mean, I think that's the part of ideological structures, right? It's like, you know, those things are embedded deep within our psyche, affect behaviors and blah, 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 blah. But mm-hmm. uh, I say, I mean, again, I bring that up and I really, I'm, you know, because I'm with you. I mean, I... um I mean, our, the church we attend is, you know, is open and affirming. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, they're uber, you know, liberal on our many, many different levels. And not that they're perfect. I mean, we're still, we're still dealing with the racial thing as well. So we, we, uh, mm. you know, uh, we, we got, we have our issues, but, but it, but that was one of the things that, you know, at least brought me to this. Cause I, you know, I, I wasn't, I mean, I shoot, I was struggling with, you know, trying to you know, like, what is the purpose of church? My, again, my point being that connecting this back to R. Kelly, I think that, when we think about sexual violence, rape, uh, and, and this, what happened to Jesse, I think part of it is, is embedded in that ideological structure and part of how you just broke it down, right? You know, these, these things that are given that, you know, we want to judge and, and judge so much that I'm willing to go and take a person's life, you know, string them up on a tree or kill them or shoot them or drag mm-hmm. them behind a car or whatever and think that's all great, you know, in the name of God. And I don't think that type of that if we, we want to call it a theological, you know, environment is, is that, is, is that far from that? You know, it's sure it's on the surface. Oh, they, people come to the salvation of Jesus Christ. But like you said, it's like, this kid is getting taunted, getting Bible mm-hmm. verses thrown at him. And I, yo, come on. Right. So <laughs> my gosh, um, I know the time is nigh and I have taken up, uh, your your night, and I appreciate that that you have taken the time to come out and just to talk. We've we've covered All some right. ground. I've enjoyed this. Thank you so much. This has been I'm great. Um, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you responded. I wasn't sure. I put it out there. I was just like, I'm not sure. And you know, because I, you know, you know, in true confessions and transparency, I, you know, th- my fundamentalist years are something that I don't look back on very fondly, and so. You know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for some of the things I said and know I espoused. Um, I know I played into a lot of just that theological pericopes that mm-hmm. of, you know, masculinity and um, how women should dress and how women should behave and blah, 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 and all that bullshit. So I just have to apologize. I know I can't make up for anything, but I apologize. And I wish I could go back in time and had a DeLorean that went 88 miles an hour and could go back in time to 1997 and just like, dude, stop what you're doing and, 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 and look up. And so again, I, I apologize. You've, you've, uh, you've, uh, you've become a great person. And, uh, I, I, I have yes. That's that's why I said well, when I, I when I reached out, I was just like, I don't know, if she's gonna respond. Shit, I don't know if I what? would. Are you kidding me? Oh gosh, no, I would have never. You know, I mean, I mean, thank you so much for saying that, but you know, I don't, I I don't look at you that way. You know, to me, I think you you have played a big part in my life, especially with what I had gone through with men. And Mm. despite what you've shared about, you know, feeding into the norm of religious, you know, bullshit, um, you were always a respectful man. You always knew um, 
there was no question about your respect for women. And you talked about that. And it gave me somebody, a man, to to look at and say, this, there are good men out there. So um, I've always, I always have thought of you in that light, you know, and um, we'll always continue to do that. And what you're doing is great. I love the series. Um, you know, like my, like I said, my son, I, we're an open book. I wanted my son to hear it. Um, they're yeah. tough subjects, but even he was like, you know, thank you. Thank you for, for doing this. You, it has to be heard. And wow. Like, you know, thank you, man. Well, it means a lot. I, you know, I have, uh, yeah, I've, the folks I've run into that, um, you know, that, that like yourself and yeah, I said the same thing to a few other folks that you know of and, and, and as well who came out of that old group. And I've just tried to go back and just be like, man, I'm, I'm just sorry. Cause I know, I mean, I just, you know, I, I still work with kids, but nowhere near what I, what I used to do um, or kids, young folks, young adults, um, but nowhere near where, where I was, uh, you know, 20 years ago, but thank you. This is, this has mm-hmm. been a, this has been a really good conversation, Sabina. Thank you so much. Thank you too. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> I ask this of everybody, and uh, how can folks get a hold of you? Where can they find you? You know, if they want to, you know, you maybe get start a new career speaking. You know, come, going around the country and you know getting oh, paid man. fat honorariums. <laughs> uh, let's see. You can find me on Instagram at Sabina Sweet Rice. All <laughs> right. Same on Twitter. <laughs> um, I have my information on there. Cool. Cool. Uh, yeah, and I'll, I'll send you some of my bio and my email on there so we can leave that up there too. Okay. All right. Well, this is cool. And for those of you listening, I'll definitely put the social media. I'll leave the email off, but I'll definitely put the put the social media uh, um, connections <laughs> there. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing and, and being as open. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233. If you go to whitehodgepodcasts.com and look up Profane Faith, there's going to be a host of material there and for resources and to seek help. Sexual abuse is real, y'all. It's real. It's everywhere around us. Peace, y'all.